Are you striving for anything? Do you feel insecure about anything? Do you feel like you don't have enough money? Do you feel like you're not good enough? Do you feel like you're not pretty enough? Do you feel like you lack something? Are you facing any threatening circumstances? Are you having a hard time finding a job, paying your bills, continuing your business? Maybe you're in hardship with your partner. I would argue it's very easy to feel insecure and stressed out in these moments. Now, maybe you said no to all these, right? Like your life is just great. You're really showing the fruit of the spirit. Then let me ask you this. Do you yearn for greatness? Welcome back to The Liz Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. By all means, call me Liz. Now, you may notice I sound a little off, maybe like I'm sick or weak, and you would be right. Unfortunately, all last week, I fought not just a viral infection, oh no, but also a bacterial infection. I had fevers. It was really quite awful. I'm very grateful for feeling better today. I'm not 100% yet, but I know I will get there. And to be really honest, I wrote this episode last week right before I got sick. And I'm curious to see how many revelations I get from sharing today's episode with you that really connects to me getting sick. Now, Psalms 23, 2 says, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And a few weeks ago, I was listening to Rick Warren talk about Psalms 23, and he was saying, like, God will make you lay down if you are not resting. And I'm pretty sure God made me lay down. I'm not saying God made me get sick. I'm just simply saying that he used that sickness to allow me to rest because I will admit sometimes I work too much. But, you know, for me, it's a hard line. I love studying the word of God, which is part of my work. So where's the line? Anywho, um, I don't know if you ever idolize your work, but I definitely fall into that at times. So there you have it. Now, if you like today's episode, please give me a five-star review or a comment on Apple. I'd really appreciate that. I'll leave that link in the show notes. And today we're talking about ambition, which is why I'm really interested to see the revelations I get from today's episode, and I'll share them here and there, but I don't want us to get off track. Let me ask you, can you be still and strive? Both are verbs, or well, at least can be used as verb, right? Still can be used as a verb. I used to strive for greatness. I will 100% admit that. I suffered a lot from the spirit of rejection as a little girl, just with all the abuse and sexual trauma and physical trauma I endured. And God renewed my mind, as he does, and as Romans 12, 2 promises. And I was really excited that he did, because it took a lot of pressure off of me. Now, I used to strive for more, like more clients, more money, to be thinner, to be stronger. This one's really vain, but to have more designer clothes, to have more friends, to have more knowledge. Ultimately, it was always for more. Now, admittedly, I also have a personality or a temperament where one of the weaknesses is it's never enough. So that's something I have to wrestle with at times. You can't see this, but I'm totally giving myself an eye roll because it's, it's also vain. It's very much chasing the wind, as the writer of Ecclesiastes states throughout that book. And it's just so, like, silly. Like, I'm shaking my head now because it's all materialistic. And never in the Bible does God say, yes, I want to give you more materialism. Does this sound like you? Or was this you? Were you or are you striving for something? Today, I don't or, well, 
let me say it this way. I really do my best not to strive for anything other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. Clearly, sometimes I suck at that because this past week of being sick, I realized where I had kind of gone on my own will for a little bit and God gracefully redirected me, which I'm really happy for. And it's easy to fall into denial. It's so easy to believe only what you want to believe. And I definitely have my moments where I want more or where I get insecure about my needs, but I quickly catch myself. Well, I would argue that the Holy Spirit probably catches me. I'm just a human. And I remember how most of the earthly wants are like chasing the wind and are quite meaningless as the writer of Ecclesiastes reminds us. And then I remind myself of Psalms 46.10, which is one of my favorite verses. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm going to read it right now. It reads, be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Today's episode is really going to focus on the first clause of that verse. Be still and know that I am God. And some translations say, stop striving. Others say, be silent. And another says, stop your fighting. We could read it like this. Stop striving and know that I am God. Be silent and know that I am God. Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Personally, I find them all to be really powerful and it helps for me put life back into perspective because I think it's really easy as a believer to fall back into a worldly point of view when we are to have an eternal, a heavenly point of view. But what do you think? Do you find this as powerful? As humans, like I said, it's so easy to have a worldly point of view. It's so easy to read the Bible and read it in a way that it's going to make our lives more comfortable today and makes us forget about eternity and heaven. It's so easy to forget that God's point of view is eternal and heavenly, not worldly. Now, the Hebrew word for still is rafa. I am sick and I can't roll my R's when I'm sick and I can't roll my R's when I'm not sick. So until God gives me that ability, I totally mispronounce that word because I can't roll my R's. But that's that's the word, rafa, and it means to let drop, abandon, relax, refrain, forsake, to let go, to refrain, let alone, or be quiet. It means a lot, right? This is where that English language and the Hebrew language just does not translate perfectly. Now, to me, it's a beautiful reminder to let go of your own will and pick up your cross or the will of the Father's. Of course, I can't directly tie Matthew 16, 24 to Psalms 46, 10. But while I was writing this, that verse, Matthew 16, 24, came to me. And Matthew 16, 24 reads in the Amplified, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interest, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. You're going to see in a second how this verse of really letting go your will, letting go what you're striving for, right? Because striving is really going to come from selfish desires at the end of the day, more than not. I'm not saying it can't be godly, but more than not, it's going to be selfish ambitions. And we're going to connect that to Matthew, to, I'm sorry, Psalms 46.10. The dictionary defines the verb still as make or to become motionless or silent, quiet. Now the dictionary defines strive to devout serious effort or energy, endeavor, or to struggle in opposition. Ooh, 
In case you weren't sure about my previous question in the beginning of today's episode, where I asked, can you be still and strive? I think we can say you can't strive and be still simultaneously, at least not in the ways God wants us to be. You can't focus on your insecurities, your wants, selfish desires, and God. And I think this is why God reminds us so much throughout the New Testament, the danger of being double-minded or doubting him right? Like you go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And if you doubt God to take care of you, well, you're probably going to create that to some degree. It is very real. This Psalms reminds us of the power and security of our Heavenly Father. The psalm seems to relate to pagan nations and a call for God to end the raging war. That's what was happening at that moment of when this was written. Ironically, most of this Psalms is written in the third person until verse 10 when God speaks in first person. I don't know about you, but I found that to be really interesting. And God says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God is calling for those involved in the war to stop fighting, to be still. The verse relates to two people fighting until someone separates them and makes them drop their weapons It's only until the warriors drop their weapons, which would signify the fighting has momentarily stopped, that the warriors could even begin to acknowledge their trust in God. And that kind of makes sense, because when you're fighting, you're thinking about saving your life, and you're not really 100% thinking on God, right? But do you see a correlation here between Psalms 46.10 and Matthew 16.24? We're going to get into that. What be still is really saying is stop the frantic activity that results from selfish ambition or greed. Put it down and be still. Let's personalize it just a little bit, okay? Put down your desires. Put down your wants. Put down whatever you are trying to make happen on your own accord and be still and acknowledge your Heavenly Father. So if you want more money, if you want a job, if there's something that you are relentlessly pursuing... Put it down and acknowledge your Heavenly Father. It's also reminding us that in times of great uncertainty, which can cause any human to become more self-absorbed, greedy, or selfish, to let go, relax, and be still. Because we have no need to panic or flee or be paralyzed by fear or insecurity. This is something I wish I remembered when I was sick. Why is this? Because the Lord is God and the King of the earth. Everything he does or everything he allows to happen in your life, he will make good if you allow him and if you stay obedient and if you work out your sanctification as we're required to do. Instead of being frantic, fighting, or acting like a starving runt, you are encouraged to acknowledge the marvelous supernatural power of your Father in heaven. Look to God for his help on your pursuits. What I'm really saying is ask him. If the Holy Spirit doesn't bring scripture to mind or zing you when you read something, then keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. You are to be resilient and persistent in this pursuit. And so many people give up. Don't give up. My gosh, if you like read the Old Testament, like hundreds of years passed before some of the prophecies came to existence. Like you got to have delayed gratification, I would argue. When you do that, when you are persistent and resilient and you keep asking and you keep seeking and you keep knocking, you eventually will get into alignment to the Father's will. God will do that for you. 
I'm always amazed personally when I talk to a Christian who's like frantically pursuing something that they've never prayed to God about. And look, I I fall into this at times because denial is so real, guys. If you don't believe me, read the book of James. It's amazing how many people create their own doctrines. So many Christians are in denial about their faith and the truth. Connecting this back to war, there are many Christians that are in a fight with rulers against powers and against the world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, as Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6.12. However, we do not fight against flesh and blood, also known as physical opponents. Yes, spiritual warfare is very real, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You are going to need to keep God's armor on and do spiritual warfare God's way at times. But let me say it this way. We've already won the war. The enemies, God's enemies, are sore losers. They are the ones that need to cease fighting a battle that they cannot win, but you need to stop getting into agreement with them. So just because they come and say things to you in your mind, right? The battlefield's going to happen in your mind. Or try to get you to believe a doctrine that's not true. Or you start to notice condemnation. You don't have to agree with it. You can ignore it. Does that make sense? You can relax. It's God and God's way that causes every fear and anxiety to be still. God is your answer, not more money or more whatever. I know the world's going to say it is, but let's be honest. If the world was right, wouldn't we have happier people and like less corrupt politicians? Anything that can be taken away from you cannot keep you secure. And guess what? God can keep you secure and no one can take him away from you. To me, teaching the word of God is absolutely terrifying because I never want to teach it wrong. And the Bible is very complex. So I hope what I'm saying is making sense. If not, feel free to email me at info at elizabethlouis.com and I would be happy to make more sense out of this. Now let's go to that next phrase where God says, know that I am God. What this phrase informs us is to acknowledge God. Now maybe you're thinking, well, how do I acknowledge God? Well, first, let's remind ourselves of who he is. This is always something you want to do because it's, it's easy to let the devil fool you into thinking God is this like horrible person and has forsaken you. Totally fell into this trap this past um, week. I'm, I'm going to be honest about that. He's a loving God who's omniscient, meaning all-knowing, omnipresent, present everywhere, omnipotent, all-powerful, holy, sovereign, merciful, faithful. I mean, he's a good father, and this is just to name a few. So this means he will never abandon you. He knows your needs better than you do. You're the apple of his eye, so he's not going to fail you by doing anything to hurt you. Now, it might hurt, but it won't hurt you. Like this past week of being sick sucked. I mean, I was so incredibly sick. It was miserable. And I don't like to get behind on my work, and I got behind on my work. But I remind myself that all things work out for those who love him. And this was meant for my good in some way, or he can use it that way, right? And that kind of leads me to the last point, which is he makes all things work out for the good of those who love him. When you take time to shift your eyes from the problem, from the enemy, from the thing you're striving to have, and you fix your eyes on God through worship, praise, reading the word, prayer, and a thankful attitude, it's easier to surrender to him. Now, that's one thing I did do while I was sick is I kept working on my my thankful attitude, I would just say like, man, I'm thankful that I have my puppy and that I can spend extra time with him because, you know, I'm obsessed with my dog. Or I'm excited that uh, I have a couch and a house and that I can do this, right? Like there's people in third world countries who like are dying because they don't have antibiotics. 
Especially when you remind yourself of all the good things he's done for you, it's it's really easy to surrender and be thankful for him. And so I even went through a list in my mind's eye of things that he's done for me. And when I get like heavy hearted, I'll do this quite a bit. In fact, I actually write down everything God does for me so that I can use that against the enemy when he tries to like sway me. That might be something you want to do. When you acknowledge God through prayer, worship, and praise, you are putting your faith into action by showing yourself and him that you can trust him and that you will surrender to his plan because you understand who he is. The last phrase, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth, reminds us that God wins in the end. Who wins? God wins. Remind yourself that every single time the devil tries to trick you. He already has won, but the lease on the world is running out, thankfully. So when God comes back, he will bring peace. Now to wrap this up, when we are striving, we are usually doing the world's way of ambition. When we tell ourselves we have to have this or that to be happy, we are being worldly, not holy. You're also falling into some dangerous thinking traps and agreeing with some harmful spirits that can really derail you. In these moments of frantic, you need to remind yourself to be still and call out to the Lord and surrender to God. So what is it that you need to lay down? What is it that you need to say, God, this is yours and I'm going to be still in front of you. I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to praise you. Is it that you're trying to grow your business and you're doing it your way and not God's way? Is it that you and your partner are fighting and you are being prideful and a jerk and not being loving and forgiving like God asked? Is it that you feel like God's not going to meet your needs and so you're frantically going out to do it versus praising and trusting him? What is it that you need to lay down that would allow you to stop striving and be still so you can really acknowledge God? Here are five things to remember. Number one, believers find peace by surrendering to God even when the earth gives way or the mountains fall, as noted in verse 2 of Psalms 46. Number two, that peace will even remain when the nations and kingdoms fall. That's verse 6. Number three, verse 1 reminds us that God is our strength and our refuge and an ever-present helper when we are in trouble. He's always there for you. Number four, verse 4610 is providing us a provision, God's provision. God is exalted. Remember in everything God wants to give you a promise and a provision, perhaps he's asking you to acknowledge, and I mean really acknowledge his power in whatever storm you might be in. Number five, while God makes the impossible possible, most of the time you meet him in the quietness of your heart. It's just like Isaiah 30, 15 says, in quietness and trust is your strength. When chaos or selfish ambition threatens you, or even when you may have concern that you're out of alignment with God's will, remember to seek him and you will have peace. That peace is provision, but you have to fully seek him with all your heart. And he knows, right? You can't fool God. So let me ask you in closing, are you stopping all struggles to find peace in Lord Jesus? Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you just help us to acknowledge you in every area of our life. Help us to surrender to you the areas that we are in denial about or are unwilling to give to you. Help us to submit to you in everything that we do. Remind us and give us a, just just give us a revelation if, if we don't have that yet, that you will not fail us. Help us to trust you more. And Father, I ask that you renew our heart and our mind in any area that's out of alignment to you. In Jesus' name, amen.